0: Welcome to the It's Not That Deep Podcast. I'm your host Deepak Sharma, and this is a podcast on personal mastery. My mission is to make the best of the one life I have by realizing my potential. That's why I have conversations with high performers from all walks of life to level up my health, wealth, and happiness. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Today's guest is Brandon Peacock, a friend of mine who has one of the most insane stories I've ever heard. Brandon was the victim of a nearly fatal drive-by shooting in June of 2020, suffering three gunshot wounds. One in his shoulder that just missed his lungs and broke many of his ribs, one in his left leg, and a third one in his femoral artery in his right leg. Brandon was of course not the intended target of this shooting, but he was truly in one of those wrong place, wrong time situations. But you see, Brandon does not see himself as a victim. Look, I won't get into all the details in this intro as you'll have to listen to the podcast to hear more, but seriously, his recovery story is out of this world. His mindset coupled with his world-class support system and determination to help others has led to him creating Hit the Ground Running, a not-for-profit dedicated to creating an environment where victims of trauma can overcome their unique barriers to recovery and live healthy and prosperous lives. And the craziest part of this all, just over a year after the incident, Brandon is training to run his first marathon, which he will be completing shortly after the release of this episode. Now just take that in, that's 42 kilometers from someone who wasn't supposed to be alive, let alone walk or run. Seriously, I think you guys are in for a treat with this episode, but before we get into all that, it's time for some shameless self-promotion. This podcast is sponsored by Deep Social Brands, a digital marketing agency I co-founded which focuses on personal branding for pro athletes, micro-influencers, and brands alike. Now, what do we do? Well, quite simply, we blow you up on social media without spending a dime on ads. How do we do this? Well, we leverage organic growth apps like TikTok and LinkedIn and Instagram to leave our clients having millions and millions of views that translate into business value. Head over to www.deepsocialbrands.com to learn more. This podcast is also sponsored by Deep Drip Coffee. This is a personal passion project of mine as I've always wanted to have a physical product that can help me connect with other creators and outstanding people. And what better product to do that than with coffee where so many incredible conversations begin. Deep trip is some of the best coffee you'll ever try and I'm not just saying that. Try for yourself at www.deeptrip.co and use the code word DEEP10 for 10% off any bag. And finally, I'm happy to announce a new sponsor for the It's Not That Deep podcast. Brain FM. Brain FM is an app that curates functional music scientifically proven to help you focus better, sleep better, meditate, and get in the zone. Look, I don't normally take on sponsors that are not my own products and services, but Brain FM is a rare exception because of the fact that I genuinely use this app every day. If you're looking to unlock a better version of yourself, head over to www.brain.fm slash deep 20 or just use my coupon code deep 20 to save 20% off your subscription. Enjoy this episode and just remember, it's not that deep. Brandon Peacock, welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Long overdue. (laughs) Very long overdue, my brother. We've been trying to set this up for what seems like nine, ten
1: months now. I'm in better shape now, though. You know, I'm in a better space. So, oh yeah, Uh, now I've got a little bit more free time as well. Definitely, and we'll get into all that.
0: Why you're in better shape and everything. But, dude, I first want to say thank you for coming here, man. You're the first guest in the new studio, as you know. Looks amazing. You've seen it all come together, and I'm really excited that, like, I feel like you're a part of the process,
1: man. I hope so, man. I feel like I'm enough part of a process. I took that Patriots mug out. <laughs> for uh for today so i hope you don't mind that i are started i can get away with it
0: he removed it and i did not know about it and i will not forgive him for that but <laughs> we're gonna move on from it and and continue the podcast um bro you have one of the most insane stories that i've ever heard from especially from someone i've personally know um i remember jamie our our good friend my business partner and you know he's known you for a lot longer he's my roommate he's my good fucking friend he tells me one day he's like look you have to get this guy on the podcast like you absolutely have to and i'm like yeah okay like you know he's told me about some people to get on the pod before and i'm like all right yeah w- what's he all about and he's like dude like you need to hear his story so I'm not going to, like, I won't do justice telling your story, so I'm going to let you just get into it. Tell us what happened, man.
1: Yeah, you know, I've, I've told it so many times, and I'm sure so many people listening to this have, have heard it, so um, I'll, I'll try to keep it relatively brief, and then we can kind of get into some of the actual, you know, background of everything. Um, but basically, just over a year ago today, it's like a year and two months almost, uh, walking in to get my haircut, and I got caught in the middle of a drive-by shooting, innocent bystander, um, you know. Uh, as I, I always make very clear, because that's always something that people always ask right away, right? Right, right. Um, totally. Well, what would you do? Like, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, why were they shooting at you, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, anyways, innocent bystander, literally going to get a haircut, um, got caught up in the middle of a drive-by shooting, hit three times. So once in my left leg, which was not too bad. Once in the chest, which actually ended up being kind of a non-factor like it broke all my ribs but i mean at the end of the day like what what are ribs right Who needs ribs? <laughs> um, breathing, breathing
0: overrated yeah you know it <laughs> took
1: me about a week and a half to to breathe again but like yeah. i couldn't move so it was the you know it was the worst that could happen but uh, i took one bullet right through the femoral artery that ripped right through my femur um, and i was basically 30 seconds from death because of that like the high bleed out there right um, and that left me with pretty significant damage over the long term. I I've got pretty bad compartment syndrome in the leg now. As you've seen, it's pretty deformed too. Um, maybe stronger than than the average leg now. I've got that uh, my tibialis anterior is so big um, that's kind of like overcompensated for some of the deficiencies I have in there now. Um, but yeah, you know, it's been a it's been a wild year and a bit. And you know, we could talk about kind of whatever you want, but that's like the the background of everything, right? Well,
0: well, where do you start, man? <laughs> like, first of all, you got shot three times. We kind of joked about it the other day, like you're one third the way of 50 cent. We joke about it every day, man. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> you have to. And like, that's one thing that we'll definitely like talk about is like your mindset and attitude about all this. But talk me through those like first initial days of like after you just got shot and you have no idea what's going on or why it happened or, you know, all that stuff. Talk to me about like what that was like, man.
1: Yeah. You know, the the first night is the most difficult, I think, by far. Like you, you've got the, you know, you've got death facing you right in the eyes. You don't know if you're going to wake up the next morning. Um, I kind of, I literally went under into surgery having no idea if I'd see the next day, right? Yeah. And that's obviously, there's horror in that, but there's also kind of some peace, right? And I think what's really cool is when you go through something like that, you get to see all, you, you get all these things that you you think about, you wonder about, and you're like, what would my last thought be? What would, you know, what would be the most important things to me in a time like this? You can't experience it until you go through it, right? Mm. Um, and obviously I kind of was able to come to terms with what my core values were. Um, and it was honestly amazing in a weird way, right? Like, obviously, um, I, I wish no one else has to go through it. Yeah. And I, I, you know, would I go through it again to get to where I am now? hundred yeah. percent, which is crazy to say, but I recovered really well. Right. right? Um, but it, the night of was really difficult, but it's the most difficult because I'm trying to reach out to my friends and to my family and like, let them know I'm going to be okay. Like right. in my mind, I'm not, I'm not dying. like, yeah, I've, I'm, I've got so much left, right? There's no way I'm going to let myself go just for something as silly as three bullets. Like mm. what the hell are three bullets? Right. right. Um, so the night of, I was super optimistic nice. and my biggest concern was reaching out to my friends, my family, like letting them know like, hey, I'm going to be okay. Right. Mm. Um, I actually called my mom the night of, uh, before the police took the phone from me because you're not big no no, you're not supposed to call anybody when you're involved in a gang shooting. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Um, Fair. but I, but again, I called my mom just to let her know, like, hey, it's gonna sound crazy, I got shot, I'm gonna be all right, don't stress. But I wanted you to hear from me, <laughs> yeah, because that was at the top of my mind, right? It was like, I know the second she hears this, she's gonna lose it, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Um, as, as any, any mom, mom would. would. Yeah. Um, so my like entire uh, thought at that moment was. Get this information to her and then you can start to relax a little bit, you know, then you can start to just focus on surviving and not right. have to worry about keeping everybody else uh, you know, right. under control. I guess And that's say. kind
0: of a, an underrated part about going through some kind of traumatic experience like that is like you want everyone else to kind of have a little bit of that comfort that like, hey, like even though you don't actually know, but you no know, idea. yeah, you're like, I'm good i'm gonna be okay i'm gonna get through this but like you can't actually like for sure for sure no because you're you're kind of at the mercy of like a bunch of different factors you don't know exactly where these bullets hit or what exactly is going on you just got doctors and experts and whatever telling you like okay like you're going into surgery blah blah blah, you're gonna wake up and then you're gonna feel like you got hit by a truck but then (laughs) you know you're gonna come out of it and you're gonna be okay like yeah and relaying that to your loved ones is That's got to be tough, man. That's got to be, that takes a lot of courage. Like, you know, on top of obviously being shot, like that's the part that you don't have in your control, but the way you're able to kind of react to that pretty admirable, man.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's difficult, but I think once, once you can kind of like inspire that hope in in everybody around you, like, I think the doctors probably like knocked their hope down a little bit. I think they told my parents I had like a 50, 50 shot at survival that night. Um, And they basically said like my mom and dad were under the impression that like Brandon, if he does wake up, if we're lucky enough for him to wake up, this guy's not waking up with a leg. He's toast. Like, his right leg is getting chopped off. Yep. Um, and, you know, I was never under that impression. Like, in my mind, that was never even a realistic possibility. I think okay. the last thing I said to my surgeons going into surgery was do what you got to do. Kill me if you have to, but do not chop off this leg. Right? Okay. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I think that maybe I would have been able to respond positively had that been the outcome. Right. But in my mind at the time it wasn't a thought, you know, I, I knew how my body felt. I, I was feeling good, positive. I, there was no doubt. I didn't realize how serious it was. Right. Um, so it's a weird thing to have to go through. Uh, and obviously the first couple days in the hospital are, are they're weird. Like it's, it's hard to, like, I don't want to say they were bad. They weren't the worst days of my life by, by any means. I think they're just kind of days you have to deal with, right? Like you, you wake up and you could be miserable. Like you could be, your life could be ruined, because you went through this crazy thing, or you Mm -hmm. could look at it and be like, damn, I'm so lucky. I woke up. I'm going to have a chance to recover. If I go out there, I put in the work, I put in the time, the effort, and then you can run with that. Right. And I use that right off the bat as something to motivate me, but also something to bring me kind of some peace and some solace from what I went through was like, no matter how bad people might be looking, you know, you're getting the empathy from everybody in the world. Like, oh my God, I can't imagine like what you're going through i feel so sorry for you like it must be so tough i'm like man feel sorry for my family they're the yeah. ones who have to see this from the outside right i'm good i'm in control like i've got a second chance mm-hmm. this is amazing yeah. right so like it's Dude. it's super hard to put into <laughs> to words because i feel like you can't really appreciate it until yeah. you go through it as cliche cliche as that is to say mm-hmm. um but yeah that was kind of like that was the biggest thing waking up the next morning it was there was no like dis, you know i wasn't sad well, it, it didn't break me. I was, I was happy, right? I think from the first time that I heard about your story
0: and then what you've done after that, which I can't wait to talk about, like I'm itching to talk <laughs> about it, but like, you know, you actively chose, like you made a decision, like this wasn't just, you chose not to be a victim. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I think like should be the biggest takeaway from this podcast. I agree. Yeah. Is that you made an active decision it wasn't just like you know like you 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 did a little bit of work after and you decided like you know what like this thing happened and i was really down about no like you like you're describing the day of just knew that okay like this happened it sucks yep
1: now what yeah well <laughs> I, I think i think there there's two parts i kind of want to touch on that and one i i think that attitude and that mindset that i i was fortunate enough to to have has been like ingrained in my head since I was like two years old okay. right my, my my parents especially my dad was a, a very anti-victim mindset guy um I never came from really like a, a place of privilege or anything like a like everybody I have my own unique privileges for sure that I was born with um but I I wouldn't say I was really that much ahead of anybody else in any really? field um you weren't coddled I wasn't cod- oh my god I was so far from coddled <laughs> yeah. right yeah um and it was very important to to my dad, at least growing up, to for me to never take on that victim mindset. It was something that was, I, just for perspective, the word struggling it was something that I, I now relish. I love to struggle in things. Yeah. But that was like if I ever had a tough time doing something growing up, my dad would be like, you struggling with that? And it, you'd pick at me and just pick at me. <laughs> okay. And then eventually you learn you don't be the victim. You don't mm-hmm. struggle at it. You yeah. use that struggle used to fuel you and you get better, right? You You grow from it. So that's something that's amazing, and I, I think that you know, shout out to him. He probably won't listen to this, but if he did, um, that's that mindset is fully you know put in my brain from him. Um, I don't remember the second thing I was going to say. So, oh, we'll, all good, we'll, man. We'll I'm come back. I'm too passionate to that. about that. No, but I
0: I'm completely with you on that, man, and that like, and I almost feel like you know more so in today's like world and society we gotta you're seeing it like even with people like myself like i'm manufacturing struggle yeah i'm making struggle in my day-to-day life yep. and i'm making things a little bit intentionally challenging for myself yep. to just kind of weed out that inner those inner like demons that just tell you to be complacent and it, just just chill out and just oh what yeah. was me or oh well X happened to me, so therefore I get to do why. Yeah.
1: Right. But that's actually what I was gonna say. My my second point was literally that once you go through some of the biggest like, you know, obstacles in your life you can find so much solace and value and purpose and struggle, right? Like struggle is the most beneficial thing to your long-term success. When you give up that short-term gratification, that short-term joy, and you really go after something that will change your life, but it's going to suck to do. Mm. It's the most empowering thing you can ever go through. And that's why, you know, people say you're crazy because you say you'd go through this again. I would in a heartbeat because that was my rock bottom, you know, mm-hmm. like that was the most difficult obstacle I've ever had to come through and come out of. Mm-hmm. And I came out of it a probably a hundred times better person than I was Right back, you know, a year and a year and a bit ago. So I, I think that man, when you say manufacturing struggle, I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is something that everybody should be doing and yeah. you should be taking on these difficulties and embracing them and, and using them to, to grow and change your life, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, there, there's nothing better than that to, to me, at least.
0: So talking now about kind of you know what you did after you healed up enough to be able to kind of get out
1: of the hospital and now now what yeah you know it's there there was uh that's a big big hill so like there was a lot of steps on that way right like yeah. getting out of the hospital i had to prove that i could walk up two steps okay. so like i could barely make I could barely walk for more than two minutes. Like my, again, my ribs were all broken. My right leg was destroyed. My left leg was still, you know, healing from a bullet wound <laughs> um, and a surgery that cut the whole thing open and took a vein out, right? So it's, it was in no means in great shape, but that was my good leg, right? Um, so there was a lot of obstacles to overcome on on that kind of path. Um, I wasn't, like I said, once I got home from the hospital, I had to take a full week of bed rest because my wounds were so massive that if I was to even try to walk, they'd break. They'd break. Yeah, yeah. And so then you kind of got to restart it's the like whole process. One step
0: forward, three steps. Yeah, back, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So like wow. I'm
1: itching to just do everything I can to move, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even leave my bed. Like, wow. it, and it was so bad. Like I'm saying, like I couldn't <sighs> get out of my bed to move two steps to go to the wa- like to go to the washroom that was across the hall. Oh, like man. it was, I literally could not move like a step on a much
0: on a much smaller scale on my end not to like like, look at me no but like
1: when i tore my achilles obviously not even like comparable in terms of the the level of comparable man like trauma is different but the impact on your body that's massive but don't don't discount that
0: fair but what i was like like i relate to that what you're talking about right there so much in that like i just want to get right back into it so i remember like i had to like stay with my parents right because like and i i'd always been an independent dude before that same exact thing i'd moved out i'm like completely independent doing my own thing yep and and this happens and i'm like well my building's up three flights of stairs like that's not gonna work so i gotta live with my parents and kind of be taken care of which mentally is a hard thing i think we could talk about that in a sec oh yeah but talking about like wanting to get right back after it i remember like I had some like kettlebells and like just a, b- a bunch of like little stuff, and I just like do upper body stuff, or like try yep. as quickly as I can. Like I still got the boot on. I remember My-
1: seeing you do that, and the, like shout out to you. That's that's a lot of respect because that's a lot harder than people would give it credit for. When Appreciate just see that, it on, man. You know Instagram, whatever. You're like oh he's just using his arms it's like your whole body is destroyed when you go through an injury like that
0: And more more importantly your mind yep like your mind can easily get destroyed and you can easily what we were talking about a second ago go woe is me yep and like well you know i'm gonna eat my feelings or i'm gonna just binge netflix now or like no i'm like you know what like this is some much needed time that i could use to write or do this or like you know like i could still do some stretches you know my other legs fine why can't i do some single leg stuff or like whatever but coming back to like what you're saying there is like like how frustrating was it that like you still couldn't do that yet. Like you still actually had to give the wound time to heal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that was frustrating. And it's something I've talked about too. Like, I, you know about it, but for the people, the listeners, maybe like in my first three days in the hospital, that sensation was so bad, that inability to move. And I had the same thing as you. I was restless. All I wanted to do was get back and start working on my recovery. Yeah. And you can't. So what I started doing is I started just taking as many painkillers as I could, knock me out. I'm asleep. in my In my head, I'm dreaming. I'm running around. Everything's totally normal, <laughs> okay. right? And, and you it went was to like dreamland. I went to dreamland. You know, and I it, that was kind of like my escape because I couldn't move. Um, and then day three, I literally realized I was like, "Holy shit, this is insane!" Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna become addicted to this stuff. Like, there is this is this is me falling into that "what was me" mindset, right? Mm-hmm and as much as i kept telling myself when i was awake i wasn't doing that yeah. i started to realize i was falling into that trap right yeah. um so what i started doing similar but a little different is like i couldn't do kettlebells like i like, literally could not move enough right, to move my arms cuz your like, shoulder your ribs are all messed <laughs> yeah, up My ribs are all messed up yeah. i got a bullet hole in my shoulder yeah. both my legs are toast like yeah. my right arm was okay enough for me to like take my phone and text with it you know yeah like that was <laughs> that was about the best i could do um so I started reading, like I, I opted out of like all my pain medication on day three, um, other than ner- like nerve pain, um, management, which is, it doesn't really impact your brain. Um, but the nerve pain was like, like so bad I couldn't sleep yeah. that that was critical. Yeah. But I opted out of kind of like the, the painkiller medication yeah, like so the, I could.
0: Like the morphine or like the Tylenol three morphine, or whatever they uh, Yeah. Morphine yeah, and
1: yeah. dilated were the two that, that I was on and Percocet, I think at one point as well, but. Yeah. Basically, you know, whatever they give me, I was taking it to yeah. start, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and then, yeah, I opted out of it and then switched gears entirely. So I got my mom to bring in like seven books. And I just started crushing books all day because it was an opportunity for me to take advantage of that time that i i had lost in the past right Right. it's it's difficult when you're working when you're seeing your friends when you're in sports doing all this stuff to find time to read and work on these other kind of like growth opportunities yeah so i couldn't move i couldn't do anything else now was the time to take advantage of that right so to me that was like you doing kettlebells and working your upper body like that was my next best thing was like exercising the mind yep which is a muscle man Hell yeah people gotta
0: start treating it like more of a muscle man you can train your mind yeah 100
1: yeah but that's what got me back into like a good enough place to get out of the hospital to move forward and to come at things with such a positive attitude because i think i was really positive right out of the gate but i easily see how i could have fallen down that that trap that rabbit hole that would have led me the other way right and that's why i want to use my story to like you know inspire as many people as i can i think inspiration's amazing but like from a personal standpoint i've had so many people reach out with their own unique stories yeah. that ended differently that now mm-hmm. i can i can kind of help these people and show them like you're not alone man i get how tough it's gonna be yeah i get that struggle here's how you get out of it you know yeah. here's here's how i found a way to get out of it like how can we tailor a custom plan to you mm. to help you have a similar sort of bounce back right yeah. um so that's something that became really important to me too and you know, was a luxury I otherwise wouldn't have had. Right, the ability to connect with a lot of these people. Absolutely, man.
0: So next steps are now literally trying to take some steps, right? So yeah. what, what what was that like then? Getting to a point where I'm like, okay, you know, you're like, I I I can move a bit. I yeah. can I can walk. Thank God I can walk. Yeah. And now how how's what's that like? How painful is it? How how are you dealing with it? Like, like to now, the, like today, no, back or then. like like you're back, talking
1: like. July, like august yeah.
0: out of the hospital now yeah out of the just only reading books phase like now yeah. it's time to start your walking rehab again. yeah like, yeah walking yeah. rehab movement yeah. what's that like for you in that in that time period
1: yeah you know that that was obviously it was exciting right i, I had that opportunity um to to start my life again right mm-hmm. almost um and so like we pushed physio really really hard like there was some days like where i was still hopping in on crutches but like kind of able to move a little bit better yeah um where frank my physio is literally like bending my leg behind my head like pushing it into my back like my yeah. my heel into my back um just going that was way more painful than getting shot by the way the physio and the recovery of course because i um, got all the scar tissue oh my all god the, the, the scar muscles, tissue the nerves are all destroyed nerves, like yeah. I, I had a lot of problems that um that might go overlooked compared to like a regular you know broken leg or whatever right
0: because yeah. people probably in their head like like people even like me who, who haven't gotten shot yeah p- think that getting shot is the worst part it's oh like, yeah getting
1: shots a joke man like getting
0: shots probably like like the endorphins and everything yeah. probably
1: just keep you like i mean oh my god your adrenaline's so high like yeah. i've been through more pain probably Fifty times in my life yeah. in in sports and yeah. random injuries than getting shot yeah. causes pain. It's the aftermath that it's that really aftermath. gets you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we we pushed really hard. We beat that initial timeline to get me walking by like six weeks. Wow. Um, may, maybe like four or five. So let's let's sorry
0: if a timeline wise. Let's let's rewind a little bit and, yeah. and talk about. Okay, you have you've had a very unique support system. <laughs> I do. Yeah, helping you out in your recovery talk about how how that all came about and and why you've been kind of lucky to have that and then what you've kind of done with it
1: yeah you know i i I say it a lot and i think like like if there was a guy to to get shot i'm probably one of the best candidates right (laughs) to get shot and survive (laughs) uh, with the opportunity to recover um i was super fortunate like literally frank duquette i've I've said his name a hundred times if you've seen our tiktok you know it um that guy like brought me back from the dead right he just graduated physio school was on serb because he couldn't take his national exam Mm. um, so he couldn't work as a practicing physio at the time right um because of COVID, everything the exam got pushed back yeah so i was literally his summer project like we were such good boys he was one of the first guys to to reach out obviously when everything happened like one of my first priorities to get back to Mm -hmm. um as everything kind of unfolded and he basically with, with, with smiles and open arms too, you know, it wasn't like a shit, like peacocks coming over today. Like, I don't have time for this. It was like, yeah. you are my priority one. We're getting you back. It was fun for him. He was able to learn. Yeah. And he took it like, as you would like a member of your family, right? Like of one course. of your own. Yeah. Literally brought me back to health. And that was massive for me. Cause I have a guy now I trust. And you know, when I'm going through this immense pain, he's yeah. like, great. Like that's good. Pain's good. Yeah. All that's good. Do you, Do you want to sit here and cry about the pain, or do you want to get back to to full peacock? That I know it's you can get to It's not right? the normal relationship with the physio, oh, where it's man. kind of
0: like a kind of a clinical transactional thing. Yeah, where they're, they're
1: scared, they don't want to hurt you too much, so you don't come back. Like
0: exactly, and yeah. and at the same time, they don't want to give you like any kind of aggressive. Like yeah. like they don't tailor it to the person, right? They don't know like, hey, no, you know me. Yeah. if this timeline says 12 weeks to to being able to,
1: I don't know, walk, whatever, yeah,
0: I want it to be four. Like, you oh know what God, I mean? Oh my
1: God, yeah. Well, and he was the best for that. Like literally, yeah. like we'd been at his house, I want to say like literally one week, okay? So this is, yeah. I couldn't walk for the first two weeks. In hospital, I couldn't move. And then when I got home, they they gave me a week before they let me like even try to like move at all, right? right. With a walker, like just like hobbling, like barely able to move, but still moving. Yeah. And the second I got to Frank's, I'm like, literally the first day, literally like wheelchaired up. Like my dad basically threw me over his shoulder, like bring me to the house. Then Frank throws me over his shoulder, brings me into the basement gym (laughs) and gets going. Right. Like I am an inanimate object that's just there to be stretched. Yeah. And by like day five, we're walking around the the basement with crutches now, you know, like we're slowly (sighs) moving. And then I think it was day, I want to say day four or five where I just got so far ahead of myself that Frank's not looking and I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to walk. Like yeah. I, I'm not even on crutches yet. Like yeah. I, I should not be walking, Yeah. but I'm like, screw it. You know, whatever. Like I'm pretty strong. Like here we are, I'm alive. I'm going to walk. So I go and Frank like comes back downstairs right as I start doing it. I'm like holding on. There's like a pole in his basement. I'm holding on to it and I'm starting to move and put a little pressure on the like gunshot wound leg. He looks at me. I look at him. We're just like two deer in the headlights. It's like what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. Like, like this is going to destroy your entire leg. Yeah. So we, we kind of held back, you know, we, it was like, that was the only moment of physio where it was like, this might be too far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um yeah. but then we kind of slowly started getting there. Yeah. And then like, I want to say like three days later, like super soon, I was able to take my first steps, you know? Yeah. And then like two days after that, wow. I'm kind of, I'm moving at a super slow, pl- slow pace. When moving, Frank takes my crutches, like literally takes my crutches, sends me back out to my dad. He's driving me over there every day and says, yeah, no more crutches. And I'm like, I'm mind blown, right? I I can barely move at this point. Yeah. My dad's looking at him like, I don't know if I trust this guy anymore. Yeah. This guy's taking away your crutches. You can barely move. Yeah. Like, there's no way you can walk around for a hundred steps. And my dad was irate. I I, I've told Frank that actually. I think it's kind of funny. He was irate. He's like, I don't trust this guy. We're getting you to another physio. Like, we're doing all this other stuff. I need a second opinion. And it was the best thing he ever did because it forced me to just start walking. And I was slowly but surely yeah. moving a little more each day. Yeah. And then I started walking down the street from my parents' house to like wow. Starbucks or something, which again, they didn't love because they saw that I was pushing myself pretty hard. Right. But it was great. It was just like literally wow. taking away the crutches to my success. Yeah. Got me there probably like four or five, six weeks ahead of just where I would be walking. That's
0: crazy, man. Yeah. That is wild. That's yeah. crazy that... The crutch literally becomes metaphorically the crutch, yep. and like you know, it's it's so funny that like that's the thing that's recommended because the way our healthcare system and look, I don't want to yeah yeah I, I don't want to put our healthcare system down because it's amazing it, yep. it's you know it got you to that point sa- right?
1: yo sa- save me hundreds sa- of thousands of dollars 100%. in medical bills too right we've 100%. got great stuff that's but the, there's more
0: that's not my point yeah but you know after that it's like okay. Oh. How can we tailor this recovery to the individual? How can we push this person yep. to to who it is? If you're a sedentary old like eighty five year old lady who just you know got shot in the leg, yep. you're not gonna take away her crutches. That is like that's, that's crazy. probably abuse at that yeah. point, right? But if you' got a young, healthy dude who's like willing to get after it, what's yep. the worst thing that's gonna happen if you don't have your crutches is like, you realize like I actually kind of needed them, dude. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't get up like this little yeah. ramp thing but, and like I hurt it. myself yeah. and this set me back a couple of days. But guess what? Yeah. I'm only going to use one crutch now. Yep. And like, so so like it's still a net yep. positive thing to be able to push yourself yep. further than you think you can.
1: When it takes away that mental excuse, right? Like you've got that mental obstacle whenever you have crutches of I'm going to depend on these crutches, at least I have them. So when you start walk when you start walking again you're like oh well I'm a little tired I'm going to I'm going to go to my crutches right it's yeah. it's human instinct it's default if you have that, you're gonna use it, right? No matter how hard your mindset is, how how driven you are, yeah. If it's there, well, the it makes experts your life say, easier, yeah.
0: My physio told me that I gotta
1: use these, so yeah. I'm not gonna go against my physio, yeah.
0: Which is actually like common, like that's the common like way of thinking about something like yeah. this, yeah, dude, hundred <laughs> percent, man.
1: You're like, well, WebMD said that this was the way to go, <laughs> so like, what am I gonna oh. do? Bash WebMD? It was like, yeah, no, nah. it was like, there was no way for me to not recover in that light. Um, and then from there, the recovery just expedited big time, right? Mm-hmm. The second those crutches were taken away, now it was well. I have no more excuses. What do, I can't just sit in bed. Physio says I'm good enough to go. Yeah, let's go, right? And that's I started walking up and down my stairs every day. Now, did your
0: surgeon or doctor or whatever have because um, you know you have to have meetings with them, right? Like yeah. follow up meetings with <laughs> yeah. them after. Were every they, week, yeah. Were they like? what 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 was their attitude towards this
1: yeah like when I was uh, when I'd walk in there like no crutches after like a month um they were super positive man like from the start like I think what was cool about like my entire medical team was other than you know maybe one or two of them they none of them wanted to hold me back right there was no like fear there was no like coddling where it's like well you know like you just went through something really difficult like we want to make sure you're taking it slow and you're easing back into it. Right? They were all like, like ortho was basically get after it, right? Like they, they, they ortho wanted me to walk on day two. I wow. shit you not came wow. into the room, yeah. looked at me and said, all right, get up. And all the other doctors, plastics, general, um, what the vascular, mm. um, they were like, you're insane. Like yeah. this kid, like we're not put, we're not standing this kid up right now. He can't move anything. Well,
0: when my right? Achilles, I had a similar experience with yeah. ortho It's like this dude, like, he was actually the opposite ortho-wise. He was like completely conservative in terms of recovery. And he was yeah. just like, you got to do the surgery. Yeah,
1: I opted out. That's a whole different story. I'm okay. not, not doing that. That's what I want to hear tonight because I think that's pretty interesting as well.
0: Yeah. And then uh, and he was like, there's no way that you should be walking this quickly. I'm like, yep. I'm I'm going to walk. I feel fine. Like, yep. I feel okay. You got to keep the boot on for another four weeks. Yep. Boot was off. Don't need it gonna wear my shoes and yep. keep the heel thing in like keep my foot on in plantar flexion yep. like yo what do you like what is your advice yep and so like i started becoming skeptical about everything that and look, it's not this dude in particular he's following a procedure he wants another bmw he wants yep. to do a surgery like i get it like i i get it i get the system right yeah but following a a cookie cutter prescription on how to heal yep with something like the human body is so like against, and I'm sure you know this now yep. against any type of like way we should be going about the steps. Once you're outside of the hospital Yep, recovery, like it's completely broken that system.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean the, It's it's oftentimes the systems created for you to become dependent on it. Right. And and I think like you you hit it perfectly before everyone's got such a unique recovery path. Everyone's going to experience things totally different. And it all does depend on the severity of your injuries. Like there's a million different factors. Right. For me, I was very fortunate that I had the opportunity similar to you to say, you know, screw it let's go, let's, let's work. The second that you're going to give me the opportunity to seize this, I'm going to take advantage of it and I'm going to run with it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was really lucky in the same way that I think you were really lucky in your recovery process. Um, but you know, it, it was a lot of effort. And I think for the most part, like even my surgeons who were at the start kind of like, okay, like this kid can't walk. It's day two. That's insane. And I feel like the bullet hole in my femur was probably enough to be like, okay, this kid actually shouldn't be walking. Like a hole in the femur is definitely not great. Yeah. Biggest um, bone in the body. Yeah, right, man. Str- a a yeah. hole in the middle of it can't be good. I yeah. can't imagine at least. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a doctor, but yeah. didn't feel great on my leg. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they want to do, they have different views and methods of what's best. Um, like, for example, I was supposed to get a skin graft to cover up like a massive, massive, massive incision I had on my calf. Yeah. Um and plastics just kind of said fuck it they're like well you know like it doesn't look great like we might have to wait a couple extra days for surgery let's just stitch it up and you know like i'm not a doctor like i don't know anything i'm like i'm sitting there and my parents are like my parents were so adamantly against it i actually talked to my mom yesterday they're like skin graft safer you know like it's it's a tried procedure it's very like we don't know if the stitches will stay like it's a pretty big wound plastics was like ah it might not work but like it doesn't work fuck it we'll just skin graft it then yeah aesthetically it'll look way better if we go this way i'm like all right i'm in (laughs) <laughs> you know, let's do it. Like I, I've, you know, I, I want to make sure I come out of this looking as you know, somewhat human as I can, right? Like, you yeah, could, you could probably see. I'll show you after, but yeah, it, it yeah. looks great now, right? It's yeah. just like I could barely same as tell, except for yeah. the ex-
0: a- actual spot where you got oh, yeah. shot. That's pretty gnarly. But I actually think it looks kind of badass. But that yeah. that that's that, that's separate from the point. But yeah, the leg looks normal, dude.
1: Oh, hundred percent. It's yeah. it's the tan. That now that I'm tan in the summer, it kind of like yeah, it, it contrasts well. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. but yeah, you know, it's it's wild to see kind of the differing opinions which i think is great yeah too, right you like, need
0: you need multiple opinions you, you yeah. shouldn't there's no cookie cutter solution again yep uh i want to switch gears a bit man and talk about now what you've been able to do post recovery getting back to beyond 100 i would say um and and this uh foundation that you've started man talk about it
1: yeah you know i, I don't know if you can ever really hit 100 I, I think that's one thing i've learned where like you've always got room for growth, right? Like, I think physically I'm in better shape probably than I was going in. That's um, really what I meant. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, with that being said, I've still definitely got some issues in the right leg, but oh, yeah. I, I feel great. Um. But, yeah, what we've been doing now is we – we I didn't I didn't want to just let this be something that defined me in a negative way, right? There is, like, there is kind of a, a cool kind of catch in being that guy who got shot. You know, like, people know it. Like, that's kind of the way you're labeled. And you fall into that label, which is all right. But I didn't just want to be that random guy and got who got shot in Ottawa who you hear about through your buddies. I wanted to be that guy who like took that and then used it to make a difference, right? Used that it guy to do at the dive really bar cool.
0: who's 45 talking yeah. about when he got shot. Like, you know, like... Hey, <laughs> hey, yeah,
1: you remember that? Remember when I was when I was 24, 23? <laughs> yeah. I, I got I got shot. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was that guy. Yeah, like, yeah. like, get out of here, you decided weirdo. not
0: to be that guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. 100%, man. Yeah. I, I decided that that was so far from how I wanted to play it and you know I, I take a lot of pride in it for sure um going through a, what I went through and recovering to the point I did it, it was obviously very difficult but I didn't want that to be my my entire persona right, right. <laughs> um I, I think that would be pretty sad honestly yeah um so what I did is we we started this group hit the ground running which obviously you know about but some of your listeners might not um and basically what we're trying to do there is we're trying to take Not just my story, but my story and the story of a ton of others who've been through similar things to what I've gone through in the last year um, and flip it for the positives. So one thing we really did notice in my recovery that I was very fortunate for, like you talked about, was the physio care that I got. None of that was covered, right? There was no government program for kids who get shot or, you know, adults who get shot, whatever, uh, it's just, there's a massive lack in funding, right? Yeah. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to take the, um, you know, take my story along with a couple other stories we have in the city, um, who've, you know, people who, who kind of mentored me through everything. We wanted to take that and use it to grow a platform, to raise money for trauma survivors, to cover cost of physio, functional strength training, psychotherapy as well. Cause that's another big one we didn't talk about too much, but the mental impact of going through something like that is massive, right? Yeah. Even for someone like me who I think responded relatively well, there's still, like, it's it's changed my entire life, yeah. right? There was a massive, uh, you know, a massive time in my life where every day I walked outside with extreme anxiety, horrified of what could happen to me, right? So we wanted to change your view on the world. Oh my you, God. You want completely. to get a haircut. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? It's not like you put yourself, in that situation in ottawa man we're not in
1: like you know baltimore (laughs) like yeah there's a lot like baltimore is probably not even the worst place there's tons of places we're not in a war-torn country you know we're in a great place in canada yeah and this shit can happen to you so it changes your perspective for sure Mm -hmm. but you can spin it right you can use that and you can get past it and i was really fortunate to have the opportunity to do that um but i want to make sure that as many people as i can i can impact in a positive way and give them that same opportunity and and really just give them sorry give them the tools i guess cuz i can't really control how they think or what they do but i can show them what worked for me what's worked for many others who have different response patterns to me right and how we can get there so that's really what i wanted to do with hit the ground running and to surround all that um a big thing for me was uh, like you said i'm a i'm a guy who likes to push kind of the barriers right so yeah. I was trying to think like what's like the, one of the coolest things I can do um to overcome and show that my leg is back to 100% and that was to run a marathon right so we're a week out from that uh that's going to be a lot of fun and we we've done really great in our you know our virtual run we've organized now I think we got around 100 people maybe a little bit more um going for that next week so and that's going to go a lot exponentially man yeah, i think like, so like, it's just like, the, this is just the base this, man. Is the,
0: this is the first this is the first one yeah this is the first year where you're almost you're proving it to yourself a hundred percent like i'm is, horrified this is one of the big things that i really wanted to talk about today is that like yeah you're putting yourself on the line in such an insane way, dude. Like you and and obviously you got an amazing support system. I mean, yep. Jamie's running this marathon with you. All oh, yeah. the boys are running this marathon with you. Yeah, you know, I'm not running the marathon hey, you with your you. You got
1: torn Achilles, man. You you do a five k is, is good enough in my books. Like yeah. you, I'm running. I'm not running a marathon, yeah.
0: and and I and I despise running. But I'm here for you in the cause, dude. And Hell and yeah. I'm I'm so like, I I absolutely am like so. I'm I'm so inspired by this man. Like it actually like I don't really like sit and tell you this or gas you up on it. I think you probably got enough of that in your life, but I it it really really like deeply inspires me, bro. Like no pun intended. Like it it really inspires me that you got shot like just over a year ago and here you are doing what over 99% of the population would not attempt to do and you weren't supposed to be able to walk you weren't supposed to have a leg yeah it's true like you like, and and here you are like a week out from running this marathon i know you're gonna crush it you could probably do an extra 10k after it because of the shape that you're in and the miles that you've already put in mm-hmm. um training for this and and the mindset behind that so big ups to you man kudos to you bro i'm super excited for what hit the ground running is gonna be able to accomplish from the from the from the the checkbox part of it, right? Because that is how how society works. Is like w- once this is over, once you're over like get doing yep. the marathon and all the press and you're gonna be a way bigger podcast than this and people talking <laughs> about this and you're gonna be coaching people and you know this foundation's gonna grow and blow up and, and impact people globally trauma survivors globally not just here in Canada like I see that all happening for you and like that just speaks such volumes to like going back to the day that you were shot just flipping that switch and being like I'm good
1: yeah yeah hey man well I appreciate that it inspires you obviously that's that's not the intention for me but I think it's something that's really cool right and that's where I take a lot of pride in in my unique recovery but also what we've been able to do is if I can create a platform where I inspire people to get out there and better themselves, that's literally the best thing I could ask for coming out of this, right? Like if if there's a way that me living my life can make other people get to their best self, yeah, there is nothing more. I would go through it a hundred more times going through what I went through to yeah. get to that point, right? I think that's, that's the most self-fulfilling thing that you could ever have, right? Well,
0: you've got a mission beyond you now.
1: A hundred percent. And that's that's where it gets, it's amazing. It, it seriously is. And that's, it's something that's really hard to understand when you're not in that position. But it's it's so great that I can, I can inspire others in just doing what I would have probably done regardless, right? right. Um, and I was able to do that because of how much my friend group and the people in my close circles have inspired me in this recovery process, right? Yeah. I understand the value that comes from being able to lean on the people in your life and, and you know that constant positive support and seeing other people do it like i see what you're doing here you're killing it too right in your own right you're a guy Thank who you, inspires man. me with a lot of the stuff that you've done jamie same thing um i would have loved to have him on here but uh, <laughs> um, we'll do another one we'll run it back hell yeah, yeah. man but uh, you know seeing the the work and the time and the effort that you guys put into the crafts that you want to perfect that's inspiring to me right And I think being able to feed off people like that is the most important thing for self-growth because there's going to be days where you're not motivated, where you feel like shit, where you don't want to get out there at 5 a.m. like you're doing kudos to you because I could never do that. (laughs) Um, you could I could I, I, sorry, <laughs> you I, know you could but I get what you're saying yeah you're right you don't I don't want to do that I don't want to <laughs> yeah. do that I'm not I'm not crazy I, so just well, like I don't want to run a marathon yeah I that's think. Fair. I, you, know, yeah. you know what I think you probably some people might diff, beg to differ that I'm I, I'm wired a little bit differently I guess I, I've got that maybe psychopath in me a little bit that absolutely uh, that pushes me that I you know use for good yeah um but yeah you know it's it's a really cool cool thing to go through um, and see, and that's like a lot of these guys that I follow, like a David Goggins, or oh, like yeah. a like a Jordan Peterson. We were yeah. talking about before, like the these Jocko guys, are, these these yeah. types of guys who are just they, like they're just they're people of of inspiration, yeah. right? Like David Goggins, like I don't know, he doesn't really give a shit about how it impacts you. He just he's an inspiring dude because he works hard. You see what the human body is capable of because of him. Yeah, I'll never meet that guy. You know, I'll never be on the same platform as him. But seeing what he's done. And knowing that a, just another random stranger can go through the kind of shit that that guy goes through, makes what I've gone through seem like nothing. You know, like I'm—I see you hear about that guy at SEALs camp or whatever, all that crazy stuff, and I'm like, yeah. shit, man, if this guy can go through some of that stuff, like, what's me running a marathon, right? Like, what is yeah. that? Like, yeah. you know, like you, you ever see yourself running an ultra marathon someday? <laughs> it's uh, it so. <laughs> i don't know let's like do the marathon I, I first yeah let's do let's the marathon first <laughs> but but what i what i will say and i don't know I, I don't know if i brought this up to you but i i've gotten really into a couple like rich roll is okay, an ultra marathon yeah, yeah. guy um so i've watched a lot of his podcast he's someone I'm, I'm very interested in right now because i think he's got a really cool perspective on life um courtney dewalter oh yeah uh, jesse itzler is, is was yeah. one of my favorite authors before everything happened yeah a lot of these ultra marathon type guys Cameron Haynes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Um. you see these guys, like they're like the coolest dudes ever. In my perspective, man, like they're just like authentic, genuine, good people who treat their bodies really well. They're all a little bit off in their mind. Like they're just, they're just not normal. That's really cool to me. Right. And obviously I've never, I've never even run past 32 K yet. So like this 42 next week might break down my body and kill me. I don't know. If I finish that 42 and feel great, like, hell yeah, I could see myself doing more than that. I don't want to cap it. Yeah. But I also don't want to commit to anything just yet. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Um, hit the ground running. How could people get involved? Yeah, there, there's lots of ways. I think right now, well, I don't know when you're going to release this. Our virtual run is starting next week. Yep. Um, but check out our, our Instagram page at HTGR Canada. Yeah. Like hit the ground running Canada. Yeah. Um, our TikTok page is the same tag as well. Right. HTGR Canada.
0: Is there a way for let? Uh, okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna release this before. There you go. The run happens. Okay? Hell yeah. You you got a commitment from me. All right. On the pod, I love it. It it's gonna come out b- like before this run. Okay. Yeah. And if I could tell anyone listening can like at any running level. Yeah. Can you walk can you walk a 5k? Can Hell you, yeah. what's the minimum you could do to support this cause and do something for yourself at the same time?
1: Yeah, 100%. So if you want to support the cause, you can join in our virtual run. We've literally got 1k, 5k, 10k, half marathon and full marathon. So whatever cool. you want to want or want to run, sorry. Yep. Sign up on our site htgrcanada.com. Um, and we'll
0: link that in the yeah. description and, and the show notes and everything so everyone Beautiful. can easily go to HTGRCanada.com. Yeah, exactly.
1: Boom. So yeah, check it out on there. You can easily sign up for the run. You can literally sign up until the last days. So we've opened it up for a full week. It. Um, because it's virtual that's kind of like the blessing and the curse right yeah. of having to do it virtual is we don't necessarily get to all see each other i'm going right. to try to make it out to see as many people as i can but that's the power of the social media man now, now man.
0: people could do it from anywhere anyone listening to that's this man, yeah carve out you know i i'm actually i, I don't want to hear any excuses if this no, dude no could excuse, get shot man. in the femoral artery less than a year ago and run a marathon <laughs> you should be able to run a kilometer yeah a kilometer i'm like i'm not asking you to run a marathon because be kind of a hypocrite if i told you to do that (laughs) but yo just sign up donate be a part of the cause and and post about it on social media man because this thing's here to stick around and you want to be part of history yeah 100 (laughs) i I think this is like
1: it's it's really cool that this is kind of our starting place i think we've got so much room to grow um i know we're working on a couple community projects um specifically with like anti-violence going into work with some like you know some of the younger generation to kind yeah. of prevent uh some of the trends that we've been seeing you know we've been seeing since covid um but also just in our society right now right like i was telling you earlier there's there's a lot of crazy shit man i've heard about other yeah. kids who've gone through the same thing that i went through um last year recently right it sucks to see that that's a trend that's becoming more popular right now and i want to do what i can with this organization my story and yeah. some of my key partners to try to eradicate that problem at the source so i'm really excited to see the difference that we can make and the growth that we can get out of this and how many people we can end up helping out in the process right
0: Uh, and i love it man it's it's almost arming yourself with your trauma yeah 100 percent. it's taking it and using it as a weapon yeah dude it's it's a competitive advantage that (laughs) i have that
1: other people don't right yeah i've been saying that from the start i think it's such a you can t- and that's like it doesn't have to be like you don't have to get shot three times right like it's that yeah. it's that um you need to be comfortable being vulnerable mm. and taking your biggest shortcomings and your biggest challenges in life and using them as power right because so man. many people empathize and understand what you're going through so many more people than you think yep. right so it's being open about everything being transparent and absolutely. using that instead of letting it eat at you and kill you right so we've
0: talked about this in the past uh, uh, peacock we talked about the fact that putting yourself out there and being vulnerable yep. and like like taking that step is a really uncomfortable thing it sucks and it's, yeah. it, it's something that you have decided to lean into and and obviously are, are really doing something positive with it but that doesn't make it any easier so people have to recognize that you telling your story again and again and you're going to be telling it for the rest of your life it's it's a responsibility it's like something now that you kind of can't shy away from and that takes a toll on you right but i think you've gotten so much positive feedback and you've got so much momentum with all of this now for the positive and i think if I can speak for you here, correct me if I'm wrong, but the fact that it's impacting other people's lives in a positive way gives you a mission, again, bigger than yourself yep. that drives you. It makes it all It's worth not it, about the marathon. Yep. Like, oh. don't think for a second that this is about running 42K. The, the marathon is straight
1: selfish. That is yeah. 100% for me. If, it's, yeah. if it inspires you, that's cool. Like exactly. that, that, that makes me happy. Yeah. But this is entirely for me. I would have done this shit regardless of whether or not I started up, hit the ground running. Like, yeah. This is for me. This is me showing to myself that exactly. all this time and effort we put in had not even a culmination because I think that this is going to go so much further than that. Yep. But it just shows me that I'm back, you yep. know? I'm where I'm at. This this Dude, the, yeah.
0: Fire me up, man. <laughs> um, one last thing I kind of yeah. want to touch on with the with that vulnerability thing. How how do you deal with that though on, on like a day-to-day basis? Cuz I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast or like even, you know, uh, follow us on social media, or that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're like, how could I do that? How could I be a little bit more? Like, I'd love to start a business, start yep. this, start a podcast, do this and that. But like, they're a little stuck with like the vulnerability bit, and, and I think yep. like we, I we'd it. agree that that's oh kind God. of the hump,
1: right? I I would have had this. Sorry, I walked away from the mic there. I would have had the same exact response before going into everything. Even when I'm when I started with. Being a little bit more open about my story, yeah, you're always stressed out, man. Like, I was maybe stressed out for a few different reasons. I I maybe was worried that the wrong person would hear this and I'd end up on some sort of target list that I didn't want to be on. Um, again, I don't even know who to look out for, but um, you know, it, it everyone's got their own reasons to be vulnerable, but there's so much power in that vulnerability, right? It's yes. going out there and understanding, like right now, your biggest fear yeah. is that you didn't take that step, right? Is Isn't That you didn't start being a little more active on social media and start that business you've always been thinking about. One day, your biggest regret is going to be that you didn't do that, right? And I think that's so important to realize that you have to pick one. Do you want to have regret or do you want to have you have to deal with being a little bit uncomfortable yeah and being a little bit vulnerable right
0: or, or the chance of quote-unquote failure or being yep. embarrassed or being judged or being use it made to your advantage
1: of. man that's
0: all like that's what i love about you man it's yeah. like that you you've leaned in on it you own your story you have to you
1: you 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 love yourself you have to and and that's even your shortcomings your flaws like yeah I, I don't know, man. I'm probably one of the most embarrassing guys that I know. And I'm sure <laughs> most of my friends can attest to that, right? Um, I, I do so much stupid stuff on a daily basis that I, like, I'll rip on myself for, well, right? We all do. You man. have to. Yeah. But that's it. Everybody comes into these places, and I'm guilty of it myself, thinking that you're so, so much better. You're so, so great. And you think that because you don't put yourself out there and you're not, you know, y- you don't put yourself at risk for any sort of shortcomings or yeah. failure. And at the end of the day, like, what the, what the hell quality of life is that, right? You're going to be scooting <laughs> by, you're just going to live a regular life, yeah. and you're going to live a life filled with a ton of regret. And why, like, in my mind, I, I would have rather died the night that I did than have come back and just regretted it, right? Like, if I was to look back, I'm thinking about 60-year-old Brandon. Yeah. 60-year-old Brandon looks back on 24-year-old Brandon, and if I didn't use this to do something better... I would have hated that guy, right? I would have wondered if it was even worth that second opportunity. So seriously, like if if that's your only obstacle, it, maybe it sounds a little insensitive because it is tough for sure, but get over it, you know? Dude, you just
0: spoke to the reason why this podcast exists and why what it's why it's called it's not that deep. Yeah. Like it really isn't. It's not, man. Don't overthink things so yep. much. Don't assign so much um Importance to them, yep. Flow through life with a little bit more of that, what you just described your deathbed, yep. You know, just think about that guy and like what he or she would regret, yep. And and just go for things, man. Just ape it. I, I always yeah. say, just ape things, just go for it, just break through that wall and like. You're you're not gonna be good at first. I've told you about my first podcast. I hated it. Yeah. I'm so critical of it. Dude. We're both I, people, I know yeah. nothing
1: about what I'm doing, right? I've I've learned so much yeah. just in two months. Yeah. Like it's it's not easy. Yeah. It's gonna be hard, but you gotta realize that everybody going through those same steps, it's just as difficult for them as it was for for you or for you know, Joe Rogan, I'm sure it was just as hard for him and yeah. now look where he is, right? It's it's not gonna be easy off the start, but that's the times you gotta enjoy, right? Relish that shit. Yep. like I, I don't know it's like that's that that's we're very we're both very passionate about that i can see
0: absolutely man i could think of no better way to end this podcast i'm fired up right now i feel yeah. like like i should go for a run or something right, <laughs> right now let's do it let's do it <laughs> let's go for it um where could people find you on social media man where, where could people i know we kind of already talked about HTGR but let's yeah. remind them where they can find everything that you're promoting right now
1: and yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, like I said before, Instagram at HTGR Canada. Um, tiktok is the same thing at htgr canada his
0: tiktok is fire by the way (laughs) yeah my tiktok is in this studio so that's
1: why he says it's fire but uh, (laughs) but it looks great i think we've got more consistent viewers because they like the background or something we look more professional (laughs) i think it's Um, your story but (laughs) but uh yeah then my my instagram is at peacock underscore brandon i don't really post too much on there in terms of content so follow htgr canada um but but yeah you know like we we post a couple kind of updates every once in a while on the instagram too that are pretty cool so check out both dude
0: thank you so much for coming on the podcast for
1: everyone listening just remember it's not that deep